I do find the whole idea of what, what is heritage is in ferment. I think most crucially, the idea of who has authority over heritage is perhaps the most interesting question. We can't treat human remains as objects, as scientific specimens. To do so is an expression of our own clumsy, arrogant, isolated brutality. If all human remains were reburied, we would basically lose our ability to understand past societies and past human populations because it is the loss of irretrievable information. In November 2004, the British Prime Minister, Tony Blair, authorised the return of indigenous human remains to Australia. But his decision would fuel debates much closer to home. Pagan groups in this country have for several years called for the reburial of ancient British skeletal remains. Their campaigning challenges conventional notions of who actually owns our heritage and who has the right to make decisions about its care. Piotr Bienkowski is Deputy Director of the Manchester Museum. Over the last few years, as the issue of human remains has actually become, it's become more obvious to, um, to people outside museums. A lot of it to do with uh, issues of human remains generally because of the Alder Hay scandal, because of the Bristol Royal Infirmary scandal and therefore the passing of the um, 2005 Human Tissue Act. People are just more aware that there is an issue around human remains. We have um, comment boards um, around our museum, including in our Egyptian gallery where we have Egyptian human remains. And every single week we will have a proportion which are critical, who don't specifically identify themselves as pagans. The Manchester Museum has made it their policy to listen to both pagans and to other local groups. They organise talks and conferences in order to air the debate more widely. They see this as an essential step in re-examining their own position. More and more communities in this country, in other countries, are questioning government or institutional rights to completely control what they regard as their own heritage. At the very least, they want some input into the decision-making processes. None of this necessarily means that museums are handing over control. But this idea of authority and control is a very interesting one. Legally, in this country, no one can have ownership of a human corpse. So if we look at it from that point of view, in what sense do museums have rightful authority and control over human remains? They have custody of them, and the law allows them to have custody of them, but they don't own them in that sense. Now, if that is true, I think the least we can do is at least open up the issue of what we do with them to a wide range of perspectives and then make a final decision based on what the wider public benefits will be. So how does this work in practice? The museum's openness was put to the test in 2008 with a temporary exhibition of a body called Lindo Man. Brian Sitch is curator of archaeology at the Manchester Museum and he was responsible for the exhibition. What I've noticed in this exhibition is when our visitors come around the corner and they see him, they will group around the case, and, and it's different for different members of the, of, of the audience, but they will 
be quite respectful, quite, quite hushed. Lindo Man was found in a Cheshire peat bog in August 1984. He was so well preserved that at first he was thought to be the body of a modern murder victim. Once the coroner had established that he was in fact about 2,000 years old, dating back either to the late Iron Age or the early Roman period, he was sent to the British Museum in London. He's only a partial body, I'm afraid. Uh, his hips, lower legs are missing apart from the leg that turned up on the, the Linda Moss peat conveyor belt in 1984. You'll also notice that the lighting levels here are quite low, and we did that quite deliberately not simply to help Lindemann's conservation, but also because we wanted to slow down the nature of the interaction between visitors and the body to make people stop and think for this not to be a vulgar peep show. The body's removal to London caused a fair amount of bitterness in the northwest. Lindemann had struck a chord and a campaign demanded his repatriation. In response, the British Museum allowed him to return to the Northwest for three temporary visits. The current exhibition is the third of these, and like all major exhibitions, it's the result of a long planning process. The project actually began about two years ago when we organised a consultation with a, a, a very wide-ranging group of people that included members of the public, elected members from Manchester City Council, archaeologists, museum curators, interested parties of all descriptions and including pagans. And we deliberately mixed up the groups and asked them what they thought the approach to the exhibition should be. And they, they told us two things essentially. One, that we should emphasise Lindemann's sensitivity and that he should be treated with respect. Secondly, that we should not just tell one story about Lindemann but we should acknowledge the fact that there are, in fact, many stories. That idea had to be translated into the design of an exhibition. The curators decided to do this by including the voices of seven people. Each one had their own story to tell and presented a very different link to Lindo Man. As we walk through, you'll see that the exhibition is laid out in a number of different areas, and each area corresponds to the the testimony, if you like, of a particular speaker, a particular interviewee who has contributed to the exhibition. So, for example, we have the voice of the people who found Linda Man. We have the voice of a woman who, well, and now now a grown-up woman, but originally when she was involved with the Linda Man story, she was just a young girl of about five or six. I'm not sure, but it, I remember thinking, God, this is where I live, this is where I played. It's, and it, was, it was more excitement than, than fear. Susan Chadwick, one of the speakers in Manchester Museum's 2008 Lindo Man exhibition. And uh, the first time I saw him was actually at the display. Um, I seen him in, in obviously all the local newspapers had various cuttings and whatnot. And what's really interesting about Susan's story is that she she not only remembers coming to see Lindo Man's body in the in 1987, I think it was. And she, and she describes Linda Mann's body as looking like a, a school satchel, which, which is kind of really spontaneous and honest uh, response to the body. But Susan was also involved in the Linda Primary School Choir, which sang a song as part of a campaign to repatriate Linda Mann's body back here to the northwest. And so through Susan, we have access to that. Uh, social resonance, the social impact of the discovery. And here you can see the T-shirt that 
Susan Waugh, and it says, uh, Linda Mann, we want you back again, which was the title of the campaign song. When the Lindo community called for Lindo Man to come back to the Northwest, in some ways they were unwittingly aligning themselves with the position of certain British pagans. Emma Restalor is a Druid priestess and a founder of Honouring the Ancient Dead, or HAD as it's known. This organisation includes representatives from the very broad spectrum of pagan groups. In terms of any human remains, I think that one of the most important parts is not to isolate that individual from the landscape. So to make it very clear the landscape from which that person comes. To feel the mud, the foliage, the growth, the decay, that is the landscape. That connection between humanity and environment is crucial. To a pagan, that connection is vital to our health and well-being and to isolate human remains from the environment is an action that is unnatural and so makes me squeamish. Honouring the ancient dead argues that for many human remains currently residing in museums a more respectful approach would be to rebury them as close as possible to the place where they were found. I know of museums where I've spoken to curators who have boxes which have been left to the museum, which contain human remains which have not even been opened. Because of their concerns about the way these remains are being treated, honouring the ancient dead have drawn up their own guidelines. They see these as advocating respect and dignity for human remains. We are not making a claim of special connection in the way that a Maori or an Aboriginal or a Native American might claim the physical remains of their own proven ancestors through blood, through genes. What we are saying is that we have a special interest and that doesn't need justification. Our special interest is founded on our theology, our perspective, which is that the ancestors are people and their remains are still part of that expression of personhood. So yes, excavate, yes, research, yes, show us what you found, but then rebury. This position sets Emma Restalor in direct opposition to many archaeologists and scientists. Dr Holger Schutkowski of Bradford University is the chair of the British Association for Biological Anthropology and Osteoarchaeology. To, to think that once you have studied a, a skeletal collection for a certain while, will then um, have completed the scientific analysis is a complete misunderstanding of science. The development of new methods also triggers the development of new questions. Continuous progress of science, of analytical approaches, of new technologies allow us to revisit human remains time after time to actually add layer upon layer of a much better understanding of past societies, of their, their lifestyles and life ways. Holger Schutkowski's position 
also questions the claims of community groups like the Lindo community, who have a more social interest in the bodies that were found on their patch. Well, I think, in general, it, it's a rather romanticising view that place of the burial of somebody is automatically the place of his or her cultural and social affiliation. We know of a lot of cases, some actually rather prominent, where we can be quite certain that um, the, the place of burial is quite circumstantial and has nothing to do with the life history of this particular individual. And this, this of course, has repercussions for the ideas that are always brought forward that we need to involve local communities much more to decide or discuss the future fate of human remains. Well, sometimes the discussions with local communities may be completely inappropriate because it's, it, it hasn't got anything to do with them because they're talking about somebody who was not part even of, of the, the, the ancient community in the deep past. So it, 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 it's a very thorny issue, actually, and I don't think it's as straightforward as some pagan groups, I have to say, would like to see it. Despite her reservations about the practices of some museums, Emma Restelor decided to work with the Manchester Museum on the Lindo Man exhibition. She took part in the consultation and was also interviewed as one of the voices that structure the exhibition. But despite having had an active involvement with the planning, she seems disappointed with the results. Though there was significant consultation, what the exhibition has shown is that the designers of the exhibition had no comprehension of what that notion of respect was because even in this exhibition he is displayed as a human freak. It's no different from a Victorian freak show showing dwarfs and, you know, the woman with the hairy beard... Um, and, and, and giants. It's an obscenity where people aren't necessarily making money, but heritage organisations are maintaining their position by showing freakery. But what of the museum going public? Do they feel the museum has got it right? I came here about 22 years ago when it was first displayed here and I'm, just, I'm still as impressed as I was then. So, yeah, it's brilliant. I thought it was quite moving. I think it looked like he'd been put into a, almost like a fetal position and it made it more real life than just seeing a skeleton or something like that. Amazing preservation. I never expected to see anything uh, preserved in that detail, the head, the hands. History, yes. I mean, uh, I'm interested in history, obviously. But whether you've got to dig remains up to find out about them, I'm not... No, I don't think it's very nice. So there are visitors who express reservations about displaying human remains. But there are other visitors who object on a completely different level. Their concern is not about the principle of displaying human remains, but the way the museum has done it. Curator Brian Sitch reads from the comments board. Disappointed. Felt lots of slightly dubious connections made with little information conveyed. Whoever designed this gallery should be sacked! Exclamation mark. Did the budget run over, or was this always planned to look like the museum had raided the IKEA rubbish tip? Comments like this seem to challenge the museum's policy of openness to different perspectives. It seems, ironically, that some visitors are wanting a return to something altogether more Victorian. And I think there's something in there that is deeply unsettling, in that they expect museums to have the answers. It's a bit as if, as if 
museums haven't moved on over the last 150 years, that we're stuck in a kind of Victorian time warp, that you will go to a museum and you will be told what to think about the Mycenaeans or the Minoans or the Iron Age. People expect that, and yet what we're saying now is, no, it's a lot more complicated than that. And I personally like to talk about Linda Mann as being a, a postmodern exhibition. It's an exhibition in which the old certainties are dead and gone. That uncertainty, debate, discussion is is being celebrated, and it's not it's not a weakness to say that we can't make definitive statements about Linda Mann. It's actually a great strength because we're acknowledging that many different people can take part in this debate. So as certain museums, like the Manchester Museum, believe they're moving forwards, and pagans, such as Emma Restelor, feel that they're slipping backwards, scientists are resolutely standing their ground. It seems there's much to consider and much to attract a wider public scrutiny. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk/use.